Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We'll continue in our series this morning. Last few weeks, we've had a, a, you know, we've had not a ton of teaching, but we've had the Spirit of God move, and we're, how many realize this? We're learning how to navigate this. I mean, I'm learning as we go. Sometimes, uh, I know Heidi and I have had several conversations about this. Well, we could do this, or we could do this, or, you know, how are we going to do this? And sometimes, especially with me, I have a general idea of what I want to do, but the fine-tuning will happen as we go. You know what I mean? And you just, sometimes you got to get in the water and see how it's flowing. How many of, uh, we, a couple weeks ago, we flatted, fl- flatted, we floated the Madison. <laughs> I got my tang tangled. <sighs> we floated the Madison. And when, it, the Madison's not, or at least where we float, it's like, you know, you can literally get into uh, REM sleep. While you're, <laughs> while you're floating, it's like, you, 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 you know, it's, it's gentle, you know, which is the way I like it. I'm like, you know, I don't need to prove anything. You know, I don't need to fly out of a raft 40 feet in the air because none of that appeals to me at all. But anyway, we're floating the Madison and we get to where we're getting out. And how many of you, you've done this? You get out of your, uh, I had a tube or your raft or whatever, and you have to find your footing, because how many know those rocks have a lot of slippery on them? And so if you're not careful, you can get out and put your feet down real confidently and everything and just kind of wham, hit the ground. You know what I mean? You were trying to stay dry, but then it didn't happen. You end up with bruises and all that. Yeah, I have my life jacket on, even though the water's only like this deep at the <laughs> deepest point. I felt safe. I don't, you know. Yeah, so spiritually, for me, it's the same way, you know. Plead the blood, go over the scripture. Jesus is in me. Angels are around me. I got glory behind me. I got front guard, rear guard, side guard. Anyway. <laughs> Cover all the bases. Anyway, so uh, when it comes to the move of the spirit, I'm a little bit that way. So I like to get in the water a little bit. And oh, 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 but then find a steady spot. And then as you flow more with the spirit of God and you know the spirit of God better... You become more familiar with your surroundings and how things work and operate. You're more confident in your moves, you know. Like Terry made the statement, you know, I'm afraid about this. Why? It's new. It's new. Amen? And so we're functioning in somebody. We have a natural and we have a spiritual. And we have to deal with our natural. And guys, you know, sometimes people think, well, I'm going to believe God until, you know, I never have to deal with my natural. You'll be in heaven if that's the case. Or Christ would have returned and you got a new body. As long as you're on this earth, you got to deal with both. And that's what we're dealing about with this series called Possessing Your Vessel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4 is where you're at. I'm just going to review a little bit. We looked at the fact that we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Now, I don't want you to just think, oh yeah, he keeps saying that. You need to get that in your mind. I will just tell you this, if you don't get the fact, which comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, but there are others uh, that talk about that. If you don't get the fact that you're a spirit, you possess a soul and you live in a body, you will frustrate your spiritual development. You'll be frustrated as a Christian 
because you won't be able to, to delineate as you're reading through the New Testament epistles and through the New Testament, you won't be able to delineate which part God is, is dealing with in the Scripture specifically to you. Now, you can go back and listen to uh, that, this series, and you'll get more teaching on that. I don't have time to go into that this morning, but you need to think in terms of and speak out of your own mouth. I'm a spirit, I possess a soul, and I live in a body. Most believers and all of the world believe that everything that is natural and everything they feel right here is reality, and there's a whole spirit world that they're missing. And the spirit world, as far as the enemy is concerned, he loves for you to believe he doesn't exist. It's the best for him because he can do whatever he wants to you and you won't have a clue that it's him. And how many know he's not a nice guy, the Satan, the Satan dude? I know, I know our world, you know, and it's nothing new. Uh, they want to, they you know, say, oh, Satan's great and he's friendly and he's the all-inclusive one. He doesn't reject anybody. But I'll just tell you this, he murders everybody. <laughs> okay? If he's so great, how come he didn't die on the cross for you? Okay. Well, we'll keep moving it along. So what we've looked at so far, we're spirit, soul, and body. We talked about sanctification a couple of weeks ago. The definition for sanctification that I like is Romans 13, 14, and it's this. And this is the Amplified. It says, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires and lusts. Sanctification is simply, and actually Mark's, talked about it. He hit it heavy this morning. But basically what you're doing is you're learning to live from your spirit, not from your natural thinking or your flesh. You're, you, you are putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So instead of allowing your uh, physical body to cuss out the person that just cut you off in traffic, you say, the fruit of my spirit is love, joy, ha, 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 and I bless that person in front of me that just cut me off. And you say, what are you doing in that? Well, you're not having a personality disorder moment. You've recognized that your flesh is one way, but you as a spirit person have been born again, and you're a new way, and so you go ahead and just take the clothing of the spirit, put it right over the top of the nature of the flesh. You shut that flesh up, and then you make your body a slave to declare a blessing rather than a curse. Amen? And this works in every area of our life. That's called sanctification. Uh, it's not just being nice. It's not just being kind. It's actually releasing resurrection. Amen? Anybody else got areas to grow? I do. Okay. All right. So our flesh nature uh, desires and follows sin. That's what it does. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, your flesh is the same. It has a sin nature. And people say, well, I cast it out. You can't. You can only deaden it by the Spirit of God within you. You can only every day get up and, as Romans says, present your body a living sacrifice. That's what you can do. The, the body itself is good for one thing, and that's slavery. So 1 Thessalonians 4.4, and this ties right into this. It says this, that each of you, each of you should know how to possess his what? Or her own Vessel. The word vessel there just means container. 
Do you know your physical body is just a container? Okay, I'll put it to you like this. How many have, how many have a pair of gloves that you've worn before? How many realize that when you put your hand in the glove, the glove comes alive? Okay. <laughs> I know it's simple, yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's just simple. It's super simple. Okay. How many know when you take your hand out of the glove, the glove doesn't go do the work for you? Or keep your, you know, you can't go shovel snow. This, the, you, now, you can say, now, glove, you go shovel snow. <laughs> it's not going to do you any good. You have to be in the glove. Well, the same is true when it comes to spiritual reality. Your physical body is the glove over your spirit. The moment you leave, the glove falls to the ground. How many, how many have noticed that dead, physically dead people don't do a lot of work? <laughs> okay? You, you can't hire them. Why? Spirit's gone. And you need to understand that as long... So your vessel is your body. It's the glove over your spirit, which is you. You're the spirit man on the inside. You control the glove. The glove's not supposed to control you. Amen? You're supposed to control it with the power of God within you. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. This is a process that takes time. So don't get frustrated. Don't, don't, you know, you can act like a total carnal, fleshy Christian one day, and the next day you go, what's the, you know, if you let the enemy talk to you, he'll say, what's the point? You're never going to make it anyway. But the next day you need to get up and go, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That was all flesh. Lord, forgive me. All right, I'm going to dominate you flesh today. You know, if there's, if there's a half a cheesecake in your fridge... And you say, in the name of Jesus, I have control over that cheesecake. And then by 6 p.m. that night, you've had a bad day at work. Everything came against you, and you eat three-quarters of that cheesecake. It's not going to do you any good to declare your carnal nature and what you did to be able to overcome the next time something happens that you don't like. You've got to be able to go, Lord, I shouldn't have ate all that cheesecake. The Lord will say, yeah, you shouldn't have. But... <laughs> But you have to go, the Lord's not going to say to you, yeah, you just have no self-control at all. The Lord's going to say to you, I put my self-control in you, you can overcome this. And that's you controlling your flesh from the inside, okay? Your vessel. Uh, another translation of this says in 1 Thessalonians 4.4, the Amplified says that each one of you should know how to possess or control or manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from prof profane things, and honor. The New American Standard says this. It says that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. The NIV says that each of you should, I like this, Learn to control his or her own body in a way that is holy and honorable. I like that word, learn to control. Because not everybody's fleshly tendencies are the same. They're not. Now, we all in general have the same fleshly tendency of sin. But people will struggle or fight or have more problems with their flesh in one area than in another. 
You're, you're, you may not, you know, you, I've said this before, and it's just a good example, where I may uh, have to deal with a temper, you may have to deal with unforgiveness. Like, you could do things to me, and I may get upset about it, but I will not hold unforgiveness. I, I just don't. It, it, I'm strong in that area. I just do, I will not, I'll just go on. You know what I mean? I'll just keep moving. It's just how I am. Um, but I might blow up at you in, in days past. But I, you know what I mean? People say, well, you're a type A personality. Wrong. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I just have flesh. And I developed it in a wrong area. And it, it, if people do this, I know it's my, it's my dad's fault. My dad, my dad, I wouldn't speed if my dad, but my dad, he was called Leadfoot. And the generational curse went on. How many realize this? In the spirit, I have a new dad. You have a new dad. So you got to learn you, the tendencies of your flesh. Uh, how many have seen that uh, commercial for... Uh, uh, that it's a diet app. It's I think it's called Noom. Is it Noom? It's called Noom, I think, or something like that. People are like, I'm not going to admit that. It was <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this video on this thing and uh, a commercial. Oh no, it was the commercial came on TV, and we were watching something. I don't remember what, but uh, this Noom thing came. And what it was was these people all struggled with these different diets, but on this particular app, it taught them their tendencies. And so they could make adjustments to their, as they were plugging in information on what they ate, when they ate, how they ate, and the reasons. I'm not promoting the new map. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you that they learned the tendency of their flesh. And once they understood that tendency, they made adjustments. The app made adjustments in their lifestyle, and they were able to make the adjustments needed to lose the weight that they wanted to lose. Well, in order for us to manifest the glory of God at a greater and greater level, we need to use the app, learn the tendencies, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and allow him to teach us who we are in Christ so that we can dominate the nature of our flesh. And your, your area of growth is going to be different than mine, most likely, and vice versa. You know, when I first got saved, and this was 23 years ago, I'm different today than I was then. Yeah, hallelujah. And Herb didn't even know me then. <laughs> Just imagine, just imagine, yeah. I was, you know, if you were in Bible study this morning, Mark, he shared, I was a lot like him, you know? He was a full PK, I was a partial PK. You say, what do you mean by that? My dad was only a pastor for a few years, and it still screwed me up. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. I, I actually hate that mentality altogether. I just, I will not let, my kids won't have it, you know? People say, well, you got PKs, they're gonna rebel. <laughs> yeah. You don't know my house. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't rule it or have a voice in it because I, I rule my house, you know, as the lead, as God has placed me in leadership, me and Heidi in leadership over it. But my tendencies in the flesh after I got saved, guys, I had to deal with lust for the opposite sex. Now, today, it's different. It's lust for... This, everything, it, 
it's just lust everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like, and here's the reality though. Just because I don't understand that doesn't mean that the delivering power of God doesn't still work for that person. You know, when I was growing up, homosexuality was like taboo. Now, if you don't accept it and you don't celebrate it, you're taboo. Now, here's the thing, though. Is it going to, the same resurrection power that delivered me from uh, the lustful lifestyle that I was living, whether it be pornography or the different things that I was involved in with the opposite sex, it's the same power. God has not, did God know that the society would push to this place? Or does God now have to go, oh, no, we didn't plan for that in the resurrection. (laughs) Jesus, do over. They were worse than we thought they could get. No, none of us is shocking God. We need to uh, get our mind adjusted to the fact that, hey, we can learn how to control our flesh. And as the church, we need to be in faith and not, and not act like or see worldly issues like transgenderism, these different things that are going on. We need to, we need to be in faith for these people and be believing, not go, oh, well, the kids, they're a homosexual. How will God ever muster up enough power to deliver somebody who is biologically a male but became a female I don't know about you, but we serve the God that healed the maim, the lame, the halt. Those, we, we, we need to believe God and come up and not just get on our righteous hobby horse, our, our legalistic political one, and, and forget about the fact that Jesus died for every person on this planet. We are Christians before we're Americans. And I love America. I'm believing God for America. But I'm not just believing God for America. You know, people act like if America went under, what would God do? Like he'd fall off his throne or something. You know, they're going to take away your rights. I'm not preaching because of rights. Nope. We got to grow further in this. And I'm not against the legal system. I, I'm for righteousness. I, you know, I vote that line party-wise as far as righteousness and truth and all those things. But you guys realize this. You must realize this. That we are doing what we do because God commanded it. Not because we live in the United States of America. Which means even if it became illegal, you do it anyway. You, you say with Paul, I'm a prisoner of Christ. You notice Paul didn't say I'm a prisoner of Rome, Nero, or Caesar, who put him in prison. He didn't say I'm a prisoner of the religious Jewish leaders. He said I'm a prisoner of who? Christ. Why? He knows where his identity is. Amen. So we see that we're to keep ourselves, we're to control. So say this with me. Say, it's my job. And I'm empowered by the Lord to possess, to control, to dominate, to enslave 
my body. Okay? Now listen to this. Because Brother Hagin used to say this to us, Kenneth Hagin. He used to say, a lot of people bring their shovel to church. And they say, you remember this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They bring their, you say, what do you mean bring their shovel? They sit, they sit and listen to you preach, and they go, oh, but yeah, that's right, that's right. And then they grab a big shovel of it, and they go, that's for so-and-so, and they throw it behind them. <laughs> say it with me. Say, this message, this message is for me. Is for me. <laughs> Amen? So we are, we are called to possess, to rule our bodies. The Bible in basic English says it this way, so that every one of you may keep his or her body holy and in honor. To possess means to gain the mastery over. You're to gain the vast mastery over. Now think about this. You're to gain the mastery over it, and you're supposed to possess your body in honor. Do you know why some people don't control their bodies? They just follow their, they don't understand the value of the body that God gave you. Now, I used to put drugs in my body. I used to, do, used to do a lot of things, and I found something out. I found out that if I didn't honor my body the way God honored my body, it would, it would have problems, issues. I would harvest death. How many realize this, that we got enough problems in the world right now and things that we have to stand against as Christians and believe God for against as far as, you know, uh, viruses and plagues and, you know, all this stuff. And diseases, and you see it all over the news. It's you know, it's 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 pumped into the world's audio system daily. We're believing God for enough, without adding to it dumb decisions of the flesh on our part. You know, like people people have different different things going on in their life, and they add to the susceptibility of danger in their world by eating patterns that aren't great or by. And I'm just going to say this. I just skip. I'm going to skip cigarettes, alcohol, and all that other stuff by not walking in love and worrying. I heard a minister do a series on uh, uh, longevity a few years ago, and I've listened to it a few times since. But he did this study on longevity, and he studied people and did uh, read on the history of people that had lived a long time. And there was a gentleman that lived, I think, into his. Well, in, he was a hundred and something. And the person asked him, what is your secret to living long on the earth? And he said, believe God and chew Prince Albert tobacco. <laughs> okay. So your doctor probably wouldn't recommend that. Other than maybe he'd, if your doctor would recommend the believe God part. But you understand this, there are things that are, that are more important from the spirit than even the natural, that if we follow them, we'll be healthier and live longer. How many have realized the devil's really good at wrapping you up into your fleshly desires? He is. He's really good at it. So you got to be careful. You got to watch that. You got to possess, you got to control your vessel and realize when the devil comes to you with a temptation to do something that's carnal in nature, and that's what we're going to wrap up with here this morning, you've got to realize, no, no, I don't want to do that because I honor what God honors. Sometimes people think, well, this old body, it doesn't really matter anyway. It's going to be in the trash. Actually, it's going to be redone. And actually, if you know the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you realize that he paid for you to have a new body. 
So he must care about it. How many realize he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer? Amen? So every believer is going to have to learn the tendencies of their flesh and determine to master them by the power of the Holy Spirit within them. This is an encouragement here for you and a warning. Stop trying to get others and God to possess your vessel for you. Amen. Possessing our vessel is our responsibility, and we can do it through faith in God's power working through us. Realize this. Nobody can make us do anything. When we make statements like, so-and-so made me do this, we are relinquishing our personal responsibility for our own actions, which is not faith. I'm going to say this again because we live in a culture today that wants everybody else it to be their fault. It's not my fault. Not my fault. Not my fault. I'd, I'd have been a better person if I didn't have the older brother or the younger brother or the sister that I had or that I have. <laughs> They're not gone. People will pay hundreds of dollars to sit on a couch and be told that it's okay that they're a victim for hours on end because of the way they were treated and what was done wrong to them. We got to be careful with this. People say, well, that's not, you know, this specifically in context is talking about sexual immorality or fornication. Yeah, but once we get into the deeds of the flesh, you'll see it. Well, it's not fair <laughs> what life is. I, I don't care if, you, if it looks like you were born in the perfect environment. It's flawed. There's flaws there. And you can, I'm not, I'm not diminishing that people have had real problems in their life and had horrible things happen to them. Yes, you have. Everybody has. But if we take the mentality of, so-and-so made me do this, or they did this to me, and I have no responsibility anymore involved in my development. My development doesn't even, it's not my, I can't control anything. If we take that thought process and that thought into our minds, the enemy will beat us straight off and will never break free of the bondage, really, of a mentality and a thing that did really happen, we'll never break free from that and live in the liberty of Christ if we don't. We have to begin to take the tools of the Word of God and the Scriptures and the reality of who we are in Christ, understanding the nature of who we are, spirit, soul, and body, and begin to apply the truths daily to our lives, capturing, engaging, dominating, taking, as the Scripture says, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Come on, am I the only one that's done this? You, a thought comes into your head through the day, you could be doing whatever, and this thought, random thought, comes out of nowhere to you, and it's something that happened in your past or something that happened maybe in the recent weeks, and it was something that was done wrong to you, and it hurt your feelings, and it almost like it begins to, it gets there and begins to fester. And you, instead of, uh, instead of me grabbing that thought and saying, no, I'm not thinking about that, I walk in love. And love takes no account of a wrong suffered. Practice that all day. Just practice that portion of love. 
the description. Love takes no account of a wrong suffered. I mean, you'll feel like you're lying to yourself. Look, I took an account of that one. Sure felt real. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you don't take that thought, have you noticed how quickly it grows through your emotions? And pretty soon, you're having a full-on argument in your mind, and that person lives in another state. And you, are, and you hear them making points. They're not even there. And you're turning around. Yeah, that's right. You're saying it out loud. You did that, but I'm going to... If somebody walked up on you, they'd think you're crazy. Unless they really analyze their own life because they're doing the same thing. People say, that doesn't really connect with me. How many are married? It connects with you. (laughs) In other words, what? The more I know of the word, the more I can possess my vessel. I I possess... My body is my responsibility. Let's go to Ephesians and wrap up right here. I'm going to read this to you in the mirror while you go there. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. The mirror uh, Bible of verse 4 says this, Every one of you should take ownership of your own bodies with utmost care. Now watch this. The vessel takes its value from the treasure it holds. The vessel takes its value from the treasure it holds. That's why you need to treat your body right and not let it do its desires and control it because your value comes from the vessel, uh, from the treasure that the vessel holds. You're going to Ephesians 2. Here's a, a talking about the vessel. This is a, a poem that uh, was given to me recently about our value of our vessel. And it has to do with the alabaster box. It says, so as every story's told and the mysteries do unfold about those times he stands outside our door and knocks. For the secret of each life is the knowledge of the truth. The secret of each life is the knowledge of the truth. And what brought us to the path that, we, that each one walks. And the mirror shows us all. What's the mirror? This is the mirror. The mirror shows us all, alone we face its naked call. How many know before the Lord we stand completely clear? Amen? Unshackled from all the chains and locks because of the truth, the mirror, and and the better part of we in that the truth has set us free, we find stored inside our alabaster box. So in other words, inside this vessel, and I'll go back up and read this in the mirror again, it says... The vessel takes its value from the treasure it holds. Why are you valuable? So this is why you shouldn't talk bad about yourself. Amen. You shouldn't talk bad about yourself because your value is not based on your physical. It's based on the spirit. Do you think the Lord is saying the things you are about yourself the way you are? Now, this, this usually can tie more to girls than boys, okay? It can happen both ways. But usually, usually boys 
need to have a more realistic view of themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, a little more on the pride up here side, not the pride down here side. But, okay, let me ask you this. Is God saying about you what you're saying about you? Or are you parroting the spirit of Antichrist that is flowing in the earth and through humans? Because if you know who you are, you won't speak uh, Antichrist words over your body. You'll speak life over your body. Amen? Okay. Praise God. Last verse here, Ephesians. I got to get there. 2 verse 1. I want you to see this. My last point this morning, this is what I want you to see. This is how the enemy is tempting your flesh. This is how he comes in. So if you're taking notes, this is how he gets in. And you'll see this multiple times in Scripture. After you see this truth, you'll see it in other epistles and things like that, especially in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. Verse 3 is what I want you to see. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, watch this, in the lusts of our what? Flesh, fulfilling the what? Desires of the flesh and of the mind. As a believer, now the second part of this verse says, and we're by nature children of wrath, as, uh, just as the others. How many today are born again? That means you are no longer by nature a child of wrath. This is talking about before you were saved. But that does not mean your flesh cannot still be tempted. How many have noticed that? Okay. It still can. Uh, the, the, the flesh is that way. It's the nature of the flesh is evil. It, it has evil desires. So, but what I want to make the connection here, this is what I want you to connect here. The devil tempts you via what? We're to take every thought captive, right? So look at this again. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. So those are the same thing right there. And of the mind. So the prince of the power of the air puts thoughts in your mind that line up with desires in your flesh. You see that? James talks about this, that, that sin never manifests or produces or gives birth to death if it's not acted upon. This is why it is so vital that we take every thought. Why? Because you can have a thought come, just like we talked about before. Somebody does you wrong, and all of a sudden a thought comes to your head, and all of a sudden you're having an imaginary argument in your mind, and the nature of the flesh, which is unforgiveness, anger, wrath, revenge, jealousy, you know, all of these, it's stirred up now in you, and if you act on that, you sowed to the flesh, and you reap from the flesh destruction. That's not your spirit that gets destroyed. The devil can't get to your spirit. I'll just put it to you like that. <laughs> Some people don't like that. But the scripture says you've been sealed. It says you've been sealed. The only way, if, I mean, if you chose to deny yourself, like reject Christ, well, sure. 
But I don't believe in losing your salvation like people say, oh, I was going along one day and I can't find it anymore. <laughs> Come on. No. You know, <laughs> you know, you, know we, you slipped on a banana peel. Well, there goes my, there goes my salvation. No, no. People that walk away from God choose to walk away from God. They pretend, they play games with themselves, they lie to themselves because they listen to the author of the lies. But they, they actually, they reject their salvation. They don't lose it. So when it comes specifically to the temptation of your flesh, where does the devil start? Your mind. So if you're going to possess your vessel, you need to know the nature of God in you. You need to know the nature of your flesh, and you need to realize that your enemy is going to play toward the nature of your flesh. Come on, we've talked about this before. The, the nature of our flesh is so dumb that it'll watch a, a guy or a gal who on a workout video and go, ooh, let's be like that. And you start purchasing things off the infomercial. I'm doing this for you. I'm embellishing it for you. <laughs> My family teases me because I've, I've bought stuff off infomercials, or if they won't let me sit and look at it too long, because I'm convinced by the end, you know. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid infomercials. It's not my fault. I can't possess my vessel. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's a lie. And you, you imagine that, boy, man. And then you, you get done and you're like, yeah, let's do this. Ah, you know, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get muscular. I'm going to, I remember when I was 18. <laughs> and you turn the TV off and you do your, some of your stuff. And then you open the fridge and there's a half a chocolate cake. And your flesh goes, whoa, look at that. <laughs> and then Christians get spiritual. God, was it really you that wanted me to, or is it? <laughs> you say, what are you saying with that? That's how dumb your and my flesh is. It doesn't have a clue. It, it is running on uh, desires that are, are fallen. So in order for me to control my vessel, I need a revelation of who I am in Christ. I need to have patience with myself. Come on. You got to have patience with yourself. And then you need to renew your mind to who the Lord says you are because that's where that temptation's coming from. That temptation's coming out of the spirit of the prince of the power of the air. It's hitting your mind and it's falling directly in line with your flesh. But if you know the desires of your flesh according to the word of God, you can categorize, tick, 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 tick. Nope, that's jealousy. I take authority over that by me on the inside and I command that to stop the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. You take up the shield of faith. You Engage the sword of the Spirit. You, come on, you are walking, you are living by faith. 
Now, this week, go ahead and stand with me if you would. This week, if prayer team, if you want to come up, altar care. This week, while you're going through your week, you're going to, how many know, how many realize this? I'm not, this is not a prophetic word. You're going to yield to your flesh at one point or another. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we should, we shouldn't, but we need to realize we're growing in this. So there are two sides to this for me. One is don't become the Christian that's like, oh, there's no point. I'm going to heaven anyway. The other side of the coin is don't become the Christian that's like, I've done so many things wrong. I, how will I ever? I need to have every you know, little thing just perfectly because that's not God either. He recognizes we're in fallen bodies and a fallen world. But stay in the middle of the road, fellowship with the Lord, and allow Him to deal with you one thing at a time. Amen? Allow Him to work on you concerning your situation. I posted this on Facebook. The Lord had sent it to me. He said, if you if you'd just walk in the Spirit more, Sean, you'd miss a myriad of problems. So turn it into, don't turn this into a legalistic thing. Turn this into a fellowship thing. And then when you do sin, if you sin, if you make a mistake, okay, don't be legalistic with it. You know, people say, well, you know, you, you lose your righteousness if you sin. You do not. That means you'd have to get born again every time you sinned. That's ridiculous. Let me ask you this. This will help you kind of just crush that lie of the enemy, okay? How much good were you doing when Jesus came to save you? How, how great of an earner of your righteousness were you? I was doing nothing to earn it. It says in Scripture, we didn't get to it, while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. So when I make a mistake, God's not like, oh, well, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yet on the other hand, he, he doesn't go, it doesn't matter. Don't, I don't care about that. He, 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 engage, he brings us in close. We come in close and he goes, see, the reason why you don't want to do this is because that has a wage. So let's go ahead and get that under the blood. Let's get you forgiven. And then next time, how are we going to respond in this situation? Does that make sense? And that's what we're after. This relationship of growing. This relationship of being strengthened. Where you're walking in the spirit on greater and greater levels. And then we're manifesting the glory of God in our worlds on greater and greater. We'll have wonderful testimonies. will continue to happen. You know? Peace in houses. Workers healed. You know, all that kind of stuff. Just continue to increase as we walk in God's nature. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you need to rededicate your life to Him, I want to give you that opportunity. Eternity is real. This life is short. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one that goes to the Father but through Him. So if you've never given your heart to the Lord and you're in this place this morning, I just ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. I want to pray with you. If there's anybody here in that category, ushers, if you want to kind of take a look just to make sure I don't miss anybody behind somebody. But it looks like everybody might be born again in here. If you're watching online and you've never given your heart to the Lord and you want to, we'd invite you to contact us and we'll get back to you and be able to lead you in that. If you... 
uh, go ahead, you can look at me now. If there's anybody here that needs prayer for anything, healing, deliverance, baptism in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, or you just want individual prayer about something concerning that you're dealing with, we have altar care workers on either side here, and they'd be glad to unite their faith with yours, and we'll have testimonies of miracles. Amen? Did you get anything out of the Word? Amen. God bless you guys. Don't forget about the worship night tonight. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.